welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. And spirituality and ancient wisdom has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons. So science is just now catching up, but it's actually not new science. Quantum physics is over a hundred years old. So basically what science and spirituality and ancient wisdom is teaching us is that we're all connected. We're connected to each other, connected to Gaia, Mother Earth, connected to the trees, the plants, the animals. Everything is interconnected. Everything is part of God, a source, all that is. And so when you do something to another person, you're literally doing something to another aspect of yourself. So when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Brightly Guided Life with Ingrid Hunkala. And I think I said her name right. Welcome, Ingrid, to Awake to Oneness Radio. Hi, Caroline. It's such a blessing to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you for coming. Thank you for being my guest. Please share with our listeners your journey, your spiritual journey. And I know you've written a book. The title of the book, I think, is uh, A Brightly Guided Life. So please share your, your spiritual journey, your spiritual awakening with our listeners. Yes, thank you. I, I love the, the name of your show because actually my, my awareness or, or my path of awareness to oneness, to realize that we are all one, it started when I was very young. I was only two years old, close to three, when I had a near-death experience. Mm-hmm. And during this experience, I it was when those those doors to realize that we are one started to open for me. So what happened was that uh, at the time I was born in Colombia, and where I grew up and lived with my parents and sisters. And at the time, since the country was at war. It was safer for the girls that were born in the rural areas to live with people in with families in the big city. So everybody, and it was part of the culture too. Everybody will have a maid living in the house. Okay. So I mentioned this because my parents used to go work and leave us with the maid. Yes. And she was a very young lady that really didn't pay much attention or really didn't care much about us when my parents were not around. I understand. So early one morning when they left for work, she just went back to her room and started just to listen to her soap operas. And my sister and I, realizing that no one was watching, decided let's go play in the patio. Okay. And my sister was uh, close to, like, she was very young. She was close to four years old. And like I say, I was close to three. So we were really young. And our other sister was just one. We went to the patio and we found a ball. And she looked at me and like, 
let's play cash. And sitting in the corner in the, in the patio, there was a tank. It was a big tank. And the purpose of this tank was to collect water for hand washing clothes. Okay. At the time, we didn't have a washing machine. So next to this big tank, there was a flat surface that was used for scrubbing. Okay. So we decided, oh, let's play across the tank. Okay. So we climbed, we found stools, climbed the tank, and my sister sat on the flat surface next to the tank when she was a little bit more safe. Yes. And I went to the other side of the tank and I had to kind of like fold my legs because this was a thin edge. Yes. And I was just leaning there very precariously in the tank. But you know, at this age, it's like, what is the danger? What, what can happen to a two-year-old? Yes. <laughs> so we started to play. And once she threw the ball at me, she didn't apply enough force. And it fell on the water. Okay. But I thought the ball was close enough. So when I leaned forward, I tried to grab it and it rolled on the surface of the water. And I fell into the tank. Okay. And at that moment, the first feeling that I had was that intense feeling of being cold. And this is when I explained that people have the misconception that because I was born in Colombia, I come from a hot weather country. But the thing is that I was born in Bogota, who this is a city that is really high up in the Andes. Okay. So the temperature usually there is around very early in the morning at night could be around 30, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes. So yeah, the water was pretty cold. cold. So the moment I fell in this water, the first thing was like <gasps> the intense cold. Yes. Then I started, I felt that my chest had just collapsed inwards and I couldn't breathe. And at this age, I did not have any idea that if you fall into water, you drown. Oh. I went into this state of absolute horror. I cannot breathe. And while I was experiencing this horror, in just a blink, Carlin, I went from a state of this terror to one of complete peace. Wow. Absolute joy, serenity, just like, oh. And I saw a light appearing in the water. And, and I mentioned that throughout this experience, there was a lot of contrast. And that's one of the, the big contrasts that happened because this tank was made entirely of cement. Okay. So it was a very dark tank and it had a roof on top. Okay. So you could even do laundry when it was raining. So the, the, the sense of this space was one of darkness yes so the last thing i saw with my eyes open before drowning was darkness yes and then it came this absolute serenity joy and with it that light that came from below and that light was enough to illuminate the whole watery surrounding yes and the other amazing point of contrast was that right before i drowned I could hear my heart beating in my head like a loud drum. It was like boom, boom. And then it stopped. And it was the sense of absolute silence. 
And it's what I call, or, or what I say, people, this is the silence behind the silence. Yes. And that was absolute peace. Yes. So, wow, I was in this space when suddenly I saw bubbles suspended mm -hmm. in the water. Uh -huh. These bubbles were all surrounded by light. And as I started to chase these bubbles, I turned around. And that's when I saw a body suspended in the water. Okay. And the moment I saw that body, I knew that that was my body. Okay. And it was like it was not a surprise to me. It, I, was, I didn't feel frightened. It was like, oh, like something that was normal, like, oh, that's my body. Right. And then at that moment, I also had the realization that I could make the decision not to go back to it. Okay. And I made this decision because I was born as a very sick child. And I spent the first three years of my life feeling unwell. So mm -hmm. that was incredibly the other big uh, sense of contrast. So feeling unwell all those years and now being in a state of absolute well-being made me think, well, I'm not going back to that. Yes. I don't want to be trapped in that ill body. And I just turned around and left. Okay. And as I was leaving, I started to see flowers that were blooming from nowhere. And then, oh, this was the, the most absolutely beautiful scene and as I was picked by these flowers I started to be carried away okay and I, I explained that this is the sense like when you go back to the womb mm -hmm. like when you feel that there's nothing you have to do you're just being done yes and from there in just a blink I appear in the maid's room mm. And I was looking at her from above. Okay. And I just looked at her and I said, oh, that's Maria. Mm -hmm. But she was completely unaware of what was happening to me. Okay. And, and she was listening to soap operas. Then from there, since she just did nothing, I just, in, again, in just a second, I appeared in my mom's path. Okay. And my mom, we didn't have a car. And like I, I said at the beginning, she left early for work. So she was walking and she was about 10 minutes away from home. Okay. And I know, I, I, we know the kind of the time because she was close to her bus stop. She okay. had to walk all that distance. And when I saw her from above, just like with the maid, I just said, oh, that's mom. Yeah. And at that precise moment, Carolyn, like, right there my mom stopped and she did not hesitate she did not move forward she just knew that something was happening at home yes and and she knew that it was with one of her babies and yes. she didn't even like move a step forward she turned around and she started to run back home okay and right at that moment I just got distracted by the realization that wherever I put my mind, I could go. Yes. It was like time and space had vanished for me and I could be anywhere at any time. 
-hmm. And I was having so much fun that I started to play this game of going places. Like, oh, if I go there or there, and it was just incredible. And again, just like in this whole experience, in just a flash, I appear in a realm that was made of pure, bright, shiny, intense light. Mm -hmm. <sighs> that moment was that sense of, wow, I am home. It was the first time in, in these three years that I felt that I was home. And this is the other amazing thing is that I, I didn't even at that moment have the sense that that time had passed. It's like, I put the example, it's like you leave in the morning to go work. Yes. And you're back in the afternoon and you're home. So there was not even three years. And I felt that I was being welcome with the sense of like, oh, so good. And then, although I saw my body suspended in the water up to that point i did not have the realization that i was not ingrid okay and then it's when i started to have the sense that i was dissolving and becoming one mm -hmm. and it's when i realized i am not ingrid okay i am a being of light and this went even, even farther than that because it, I experienced what, what, I, what I could just name as the, as the state of non-self mm -hmm. or the state of nothingness. And, and this is always funny because people ask me, what, what is nothingness? What nothing means? And I said, the moment you describe it, it becomes something. Exactly. So the only one I can tell you is that is that a state where there's no movement, no color, no meaning, no description, no concept, no sensation. And I, the only thing I could say, Carolyn, is that state of absolute present mm -hmm. and pure consciousness. Beautiful, beautiful. And yeah. as I was experiencing this state of being my mom finally arrived home and although we live in a really big house she knew exactly where to go mm -hmm. and she went to the back of the house mm -hmm. and there sitting in the flat surface was still my sister she incredibly she she thought I, she was trying to get me out to help me out of this tank but she was too small yes and later in time, I learned that the purpose actually of her being there was to show my mom that I was right. in the tank. Yes. So my mom for sure knew this. And I, she went to the tank. She got me out of the water. And this is another thing that is amazing with all this is that because she, she worked with children. Yes. had received training. So she knew CPR. Okay. Then she got me out of the tank. I was, she said I was like a raggedy doll. Mm -hmm. it was my, last, my, my, my lips were blue. My skin was so pale. She's like, there was no life in this body. Mm -hmm. And she started to do all she knew to get me back. And at that moment, I was so disconnected from this physical reality, from this body that I didn't feel absolutely anything. Mm -hmm. 
whatsoever she was doing with this body. But again, like everything happened in this experience in just a blink, I yeah. felt that I had jumped from the tallest building in the world. And there's nothing I could do to stop this. You just like pretty much, it was this, no, and I was being sucked, pulled back into the body. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was back the moment I started to have the sense of like, I wasn't free anymore. The right. sense of pain and discomfort and, and, and that I was just <laughs> trapped here. And I was not a happy child, Carl. And after I came back from this these whole experience. I know your mother was very happy you came back. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Mommy was very happy you came back. Yes. But the, the, the child, me, yes. I was the very spirit. happy. Because you're, you're a being of light. The being, your, your, your higher spirit, your soul was not happy <laughs> being back. No, yeah. no, no. But mommy was very happy because it sounds like I don't know how many minutes you were in the tank and you know, um, you know, basically drowned. You drowned actually, and I don't know how many minutes went by, but I know that that it seems like a a, a good few, at least ten minutes, and that's amazing. It's a miracle to bring you back after you were had drowned for about 10 minutes. Yes, yes, this yeah. is a, a, a whole miracle. This is when we know that we have to be here. Yes, exactly. The story was like, we, we were brought back for a reason. And, and this was not the first time in my life, Carl, and in my book, I, I recount stories of like over and over experiences that, that, that show me, yeah, I definitely have to be here for a reason. Because I had to be gone so many times and, and, and I'm still here. So it's when we know, okay, do we have a purpose? And, and, <laughs> and then it's when we start honoring that. Yes. And, and realizing and accepting it and going with it and, and, and start giving it. Yes. yes. But it all requires awareness and it all requires that, that, that we accept our gifts. And, and we learn who we truly are and start accepting all the gifts that were given to us so now we can give them to others. I said to people, someone like, if, if I give a car to you, but you never use this car, so you're not accepting this gift, you're never going to drive it. Mm-hmm. Now, so, let's get back to your story, though. I don't want to... Um, so your, mommy, your mom resuscitated you. And you started coughing up water, probably. Yeah, so, so I, I was back, and, and after that, things were really, really hard because I already had experienced the sense of oneness. Yes. So when I came back here and I would look at my parents, I had the sense that they were not my parents. Mm. I felt them as my equal. And when I saw my body, Carlin, and I saw, like, I am a child, like, I am not this child. I, what is going on? Why do I have this childlike body? Because I came back with an awareness Mm -hmm. I didn't have before. And I would just look at other children, and I couldn't relate with them because I thought, what is happening with these children? They don't know anything. 
And right after I came back, I also came with the skills I didn't have before. Okay. So no long after my, my near that experience, I could read and write. I wow. could solve mathematical problems. I could put together complex puzzles. And this was something like, like incredible. So it made it really hard for me to relate with the people that was around me. And, and for me, it was the sense that I don't need to learn any of these. I don't need to learn anything. I am just remembering. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then I would just feel so upset because I didn't want to be here that I would look at myself in the mirror and I would cry and I would just pull my hair off and tell my mom, you don't understand. This is not me. I don't want to be here and this is not my name. <laughs> my mom didn't know what to do they were very young I just, just to put everything like like into an understanding of who my parents were to, to make this more clear my parents were very young at the time Carl and they they actually they were forced to marry when they were 17 years old okay and by the time this happened to me my mom was around 20 years old Mm-hmm. They were very young, they or 21. They, they, at the time, there was no knowledge at all about any of these experiences. Yes. And on top of that, like I mentioned at the beginning, Colombia was a country at war. Mm-hmm. So they were more preoccupied of how we survive the day-to-day life right. than, and try to deal with this child the best we can. Mm-hmm. Now, did you, did you tell your parents about what happened when you were, um, you know, when you had gone to the light, when you, did you, did you describe the experience to them? No, because I, I didn't have the language for it. I understand. Yes. Yes. I was too little. So I, I, I didn't have the language. I didn't have the way to express, to even understand what had happened with clarity. I just had all this in me. Yes didn't have the way to to express it. So I started to become really angry. Okay. And, but what happened is that, like I said to people, the the help that we need come in the most remarkable way. And at that moment, like the situation with my parents and everything wasn't wasn't that, that they could really take me to psychologists or psychiatrists or all of that. Uh, dealing with a, a child that didn't want to relate with others. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want, I, I really did not want to be here. So I refused to eat and all that. So it was, it, w- it was pretty hard for them. But what happened at the moment is that I started right after my, my near death experience, I started to have similar feelings like the one, I, the ones I had when I drowned. Yes. In the sense that I was, starting to just feel the sense of going somewhere. Mm-hmm. I could experience changes in colors, in, in, in vibration, in frequencies. And I didn't know at the time that I was having out-of-body experiences. Okay. Okay. So I was appearing in a realm that was similar, like the realm of the liar experience when I nearly died so mm-hmm. this is actually the, the first time when I started to mention things was when I was in one of these journeys okay. I started to see the starlight figures that were shining in all different colors oh how beautiful 
Yes, yes. And in one of these journeys, one of these figures that was shining in pure gold shaped itself into a human form. Mm -hmm. And in a, it approached me and it touched me. And it's, and it's when I just said, oh, you are a being of light. So that's when actually as a child, I started to mention I'm seeing, I see beings of light when I sleep. So oh. that, that was the first thing I started to say. I see light. I see beings of light. Yes. But they thought, they thought that I was dreaming or, or, or as a child, when I would mention anything, when I started to have the language to mention anything, they thought I was creating something that I was just having um, dreams or yes. imagining things. Yes. So, which, which we which adults do to many children yes. exactly exactly yes. so it, it was nothing that really they were not clear about what was happening to me so time passed and and i was one day taking a shower and this is a, an, an amazing thing caroline because People have the, or they would ask me how, how you did not, if I develop phobia for water, because I drown. Right. And I said to people, it's exactly the opposite. Okay. Because water brought me to see the light. Yes. So for me, every time I was in the presence of water, I would be absolutely relaxed. It was like, like if back then I used already started a, a meditation. Yes. So every time I was taking a shower, I would just feel this sense of like absolute peace. And I was one day taking a shower, not long after I started to see the beings of light. And I was already, it's been already like I was around four years old. Okay. And then, wow, one of like huge blue, intense, shiny light appeared in the shower. Wow. And now I knew the beings of light are here. Yes. And that is when I started to feel better. Okay. Because they started to appear here. And that started to give me the balance I needed. Because right before that, Caroline, I started to sleep a lot. Okay. I wanted to sleep because I wanted to be there. There. Yes. And I was sleeping a lot. But again, my parents were working. We had... We had a new maid now, and oh, she's sleeping. That's better. <laughs> I, I, you know, I figured your parents got a new maid. <laughs> that old maid just no, 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 no. My child is drowning, and you're watching soap operas. That's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, that many days, that many days, she was gone. Yes, I'm sure that that didn't last. Yes. <laughs> so, so now, yeah, I needed balance because wow, this child is sleeping a lot. Because mm -hmm. I wanted to be with the beings of light. Yes. But now they started to appear here. So it brought, it brought me into the, this balance into like, and later on in life, I, I realized that it started to open for me the, the, the learning, the understanding that home was not a place. It's a state of being. So true. So yeah. true. And so that is so true. Home yeah. is here and now just like i like to say heaven is here and now you have never left home we're always home yes you're always home so yes. they were showing me that because now they started to appear here 
and in their presence, just with the sense of love and just being around them, I started to heal, Caroline. And I started to eat and I started to relate with other children and talk more with my parents. And it was like this healing happened just in the presence of love, just in the presence of feeling this joy of being surrounded by all this love. Yes. And then from there, things, things went better. But even then, I was still so detached from my name and from okay. my persona that I was still throwing tantrums. Okay. So I would just go and, and, and just say, this is not my name. And, and it was a day when they were calling me for dinner, Ingrid, Ingrid, and I wouldn't come. And this, the, 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 this new maid came to me and she said, Ingrid, I've been calling you for dinner. And I said, don't call me like that. That's not my name. Mm. I was aggravated and she said, okay, so how you want me to call you? What is your name? And I said, I do not need one. Mm. That would be my answer. And it wasn't in that specific, that specific day I threw this tantrum to her that the beings of life started to talk to me for the first time. Okay. Because before that I, I was only just seeing them and sensing their presence. And it's when they said to me, it is going to take time for them to understand. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow, who's talking to me? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That was amazing. Like, wow, now they talk. Yes. And when I said to understand what? And they said to understand that in the realm of the light, names are not needed. Right. As you already know. Mm-hmm. Wow, Carolyn, you don't imagine the sense of relief knowing that, oh, I understand why I do not need a name. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so th this was incredible. And, and then they started to explain to me that all the experiences that I was having and all the experiences that I was going to have were all gifts. Mm-hmm. These gifts were given to me to someday or, or throughout my life to help others. Okay. That it will not be for me to keep, this will for me to give. Right. But they said that, that someday my experience will talk for me. And yes. then the, the time will come and the moment will come for me to do this. And they said that for now, I had to remain silent. Mm -hmm. Because they were not going to understand. Right. And imagine being, I, I was, by then I was about four, five years old. And, and as a child and with the mind of a child, I was like, what is not to understand? What are you <laughs> talking about? This was the world I was living. I could see all these. I could sense all these and how nobody else could. Right. And, and uh, until then it, it was, it was so hard to understand this, but yeah, I understood pretty quick because mm -hmm. right there I, I started kindergarten and when I would bring any of these to school or mention anything, because now I had the, the way to say, express things, I realized that no one understood. Right. Yeah. And I was also, like I mentioned to you, very intelligent. 
And when I would, at the time in, in the school, there was not a system where kids that were more intelligent could put in a special programs or anything. Right, yes. If I would tell to the teacher, I already know that or, or whatever, it was a, even if it was a teacher that put me in a corner and say, if you know everything, sit there and let, read, let the rest of us be. Okay, yeah, yes, I understand. So, yes. yes, I was treated really, really different and, and really hard to the point that I realized, yeah, they, they are right. Mm -hmm. I can't talk about these things because people don't understand. Yes. And at the time, I, also Colombia was 98% Catholic. They okay. were very close to any of these ideas, any of these concepts. There was no knowledge about it. This was the early 70s. Yes, okay. So yeah, it was just really, really hard. So it's when I started to feel really, really lonely, very different. Yes. I started to realize I am not like anybody else around me. And it's when I asked the beings of light for the first time with this anguish, why me? Mm. Okay. Why this is happening to me? And they answer something really, really special. They say really beautiful. They said, because you are special. Mm. You are beginning to know it. And I said, what do you mean when you say that I am special? And they, they answer something even more beautiful because they said to me, everybody is special, but not everybody knows it yet. Okay. Gotcha. And the yeah. time for everyone to know who they are will come. Yes. And they said that there will be a moment where everybody will be able to see them. Mm. Connect at those levels of awareness and to, and to communicate with all these beings. But for that, there's a process. Yes. And, and okay, at that moment, I, I, I understood that, I, yeah, I had to to remain silent and they said but for now they were there to guide me mm -hmm. and that was going to appear in my path to guide me okay and to teach me what I needed and, and yes Caroline that was absolutely incredible because it's when we don't realize in life that I said to people maybe you cannot see the beings of light the way I do but it's right. in, in, for us in all different ways people exactly. books classes, experiences, it's, the light is there all the time. All the time, yes, yes. And it so, does, it, it, we, we each uniquely awaken to that light in different ways. Everybody's gonna awaken differently, yes. Yes, yes. Yes. And, and, and for me, it was, it was beautiful because one of the first people that understood and I started to realize with clarity that I was seeing things for real was my mom. Oh, great. Yes, because mm -hmm. once I was in kindergarten, I started to do drawings. Since I couldn't talk, right? then I started, I had to manifest, I have to get this out somehow. Right. And I started to do all these drawings. Okay. And all my drawings had auras. Okay. And Wherever I was drawing, I was also drawing starlight figures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they were like, like blue and silver and, and yellow, just what I was seeing. And there was this teacher that she was kind of like, what is going on? She was curious because I was painting these everywhere. Okay. 
And she came to me and she said, are these the stars and the sun? Mm-hmm. And, and I was being so innocent, so young. I just, I just turned to her and I said, no, these are my friends, the beings of light. Yes. And it's when she's like, oh, I better call your parents. <laughs> she thought I was having imaginary friends. Yes, 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 yes. And they already had this. I, they knew that I, I was different. Right. Because of the way I was, the way I was talking, all the, the things. And, and my behavior, my, beha- my behavior was different from other children. I, I, I would <sighs> mainly be by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now let's, let's, let's go to like, okay, as you grew up and your gifts, your, your, in your, we'll call it your sixth sense, your intuition, you're seeing, you're seeing beings of light. Now they're actually communicating with you. Let's, let's take it a little, let's go a little bit ahead. What happened as you grew up? Yeah, yeah. As as I grew up, then then thankfully, like I said, my mom one of the was the the first person. So it's when I started to feel okay. Okay. One else. Because <laughs> mom um, now believes you, which makes yes. you feel good, especially when it's your mom. Yes. And, and now is when I also learned over time, Carlin, that I was born in the right, I would say, bloodline in the right family. Yes. Once. Um, this happened at a school. Later is when my mom confessed to me that she has been seeing spirits since mm-hmm. she was a child. Okay, very good. Yeah, so it's when I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one that sees things. Right, right, right. And when you say you were born in the right family, in spirit, we choose our family. We pick our parents when we're yeah. in spirit. So, yeah. Exactly. So it's like, Okay, yeah, I am where I, I picked the family where I had to be. That was part of the pre-plan. Yes. Then, then that she was the like I said, the first person, and I just like my mom, I started to also see spirits when I was six years old. Okay. And it's when I realized that the difference between both the, the the spirits and the beings of light. Right. But but also after that incredibly again the family my grandmother right she was looking for for different spiritual teachings she she was raised as a catholic but she was a very rebellious woman mm-hmm. and she was among the first women in colombia getting divorced okay i'm not going to be controlled i i, I want to learn more i want to see other things and she she came from an arrangement marriage too yeah she was a woman that wasn't going to follow right the rules fell all there and stronger she divorced and she looked for other spiritual paths and then she came to our house and she's the one that i was eight years old when she brought a picture of him a, a, a guru okay hindu master sitting with a big aura okay and I said, oh, that's what I see. And then grandma now brought all these teachings to our house. She was learning Buddhist, Hinduism, and she joined an order called the Rosicrucian Order. Okay. So she was talking about ascended masters, all that. So now, wow. So after that, my grandmother was kind of that channel, and, and she worked as a liaison to bring spiritual teachers to Colombia. 
Oh. So I started to learn about the the, the chakras, Kabbalah, uh, all other teachings, Vedanta, and then I joined a group, and all this started to appear in, in my life. So I started by the age of nine, I was already having access to, to books like, like the Bhagavad Gita, because yes. my, my grandmother was bringing all these to our house, and uh, I, through all those years and up to the age of 19, I already had chance to have access to books like uh, Self-Realization or Aparokshan of Wooten Sanskrit. Yes. Like The Crest Jewel of Discrimination of Viveka Shuramani, books from Ascended Masters like um, Master Moria and all kind of stuff. And, and, and later I joined a group that was learning from the teachings of the Indians. Mm -hmm. American cultures the yes. of the America so I was actually learning from their sacred books and receiving mantras and oh my god it was like it was like just like the beings of life said and, and look Caroline by the age of eight my my grandmother taught me how to meditate okay very and, good and by the age of 12 she took me to the first Buddhist temple mm. which was actually something unheard in Colombia Okay. But there was this little Buddhist temple in Bogota, a Zen Buddhist temple located in, in, in these mountains. She took me there and it's where I learned my first breathing meditation. Okay. Mm, very good. So that's ah. incredible how they said you will receive all these teachings and for and in all these groups and in all these learnings I was always the youngest. Okay. Ah, okay. So okay. I, I was receiving all this knowledge. So by the time I, but that, that was in one side of my life. But the other side of my life was really hard because I didn't have really the possibility to share with people my own age. Okay, I got you. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I, I entered college, so I, I have a, a, a um, all my high school years, I was very lonely. I had at the end of, of high school, two friends that was the only friends I really had that were close to me throughout my entire years of school so once I went to college I made the decision I want a change okay I want to be more like everyone else oh okay yes when I started to compare myself with others and I had three sisters they were very beautiful now boys was started starting to come to the house and invite us to parties and all these things and it's when I started to, th to think I want to be like them okay yeah and I was okay like, I don't want to be just this girl that is I, I was like at that point in my life like a helio balloon mm -hmm. lost in the clouds up there and, and, and living a, a life that was very very spiritual and it's when uh, I, I was given the choice there was a moment in my life when things were really hard. I felt that I was very, very different. I, I, at this point in my life, when I compare myself with others my age, and, and even the teachers and even the people I had around me, Caroline, is when I realized I am not like anybody else. Right. And, I, and it's the part of our uniqueness. Of course we're not. But right. I at that moment understand it. And, and I was in a bus, sitting in a bus, and I said, I wish none of this was real. Mm. 
And right there, I had what we call spiritual transformative experience. Okay. Very deep experience in which I started to see, to experience how the boss was dissolving. Mm -hmm. And I could sense and I could understand and I could see how all the constituents that made this boss possible. All the, all the organic and inorganic constituents. And I, and I was experiencing all of it. Right. And I could see how everything was being held together by certain vibrations, certain, um, how even colors, sounds, everything played a role in, 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 in having everything put together. Yes. And how all this started to change. And as the vibration and the frequency changed, everything started to dissolve. Mm-hmm. Until me and the bus and everything was just again nothing. Mm-hmm. And now I experience the same state of nothingness, but here. Yes. In awareness, not in a right situation. So, wow, I came back and I came back from there with two questions. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I thought, how is it possible? to forget who we truly are and when did we stop being one with the whole. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I had a third question at that moment. And it was, why me again? Mm-hmm. Why this is happening to me? Right. So it's when the beings of light said to me, in 20 years, you will understand. Okay. And I said, what? That age, I'm like, 20 years? You what and i just was like what is going on and and they said at that moment that is when i was given the choice you you want to be a teacher of the light Mm -hmm. and i said no okay teach i i I don't want to teach now i don't want to be a teacher i don't feel i can relate with people at that level so they said there is your answer we're giving you what you want you're giving yourself, they didn't say that, you, you're giving yourself what you want. You want yes. to be like, or, or say, have your human experience. Right. Be like your sisters, be like your, your peers. And, and so that's the choice I made at the moment. Yes, I understand. And it's when the beings of life said to me, you will not hear us or see us for a while. Okay. And, and, and that's the choice I made at the moment. but. It was very important at that moment for me because it's like, like the beings of life have become like my parents. Right. So I, I explained to people is the sense of like, they're like your parents are letting you. Letting you go, letting you live your life. Yes, yes exactly. So it was pretty much like, I said to people, it's like if you go college and you leave your home, but the parents are always there, just one call away. Right. So it was kind of the same thing. Like, Yes. You go live your life. So that's how compassionate and how amazing is the universe. It's like yes. nothing, not, no one is obligating you to anything. You're making exactly. exactly. And I just, I want to interject here. Um, when you were speaking about the, your experience on the bus, I, I've never had those types of experiences, but I have a full awareness of them in the sense that in seventh grade, when we were studying 
uh, when I was studying um, science in seventh grade. And my science teacher said to the entire class, we were studying atoms and molecules. And the science teacher said, nothing is truly solid. That was like, that was an awakening moment for me. Like, what do you mean nothing is truly solid? The desk, the computer, nothing is solid. If you put anything under a high powered microscope, you see moving, these tiny moving particles we call atoms. And now science has proven that an atom is 99.99999% empty space. Yes. So science, so that was an awakening in seventh grade for me that this, we do not live in a solid world. It appears solid to our limited human senses, but it's not solid at all. And science has proven min, many years ago that we don't live in a solid world. So, um, so you were um, blessed with the opportunity to actually see it, because normally you can't see that with your human eyes. But I had an awareness of that. I was introduced to awareness of that in seventh grade. So and that's so beautiful, Carolyn, because it's when I explain to people, look, it, it will not, the experience will be not in the same way, but the realization that you had it, will come yes in different ways and and when i was i love what you said because when i was experiencing this is when the beings of life were trying to tell me nothing is what it appears to be exactly <laughs> yes exactly exactly but it is and you were saying why me and it is it is you we chose to come here we pick our parents, we plan our life out. It's not a linear line, but we do plan it in spirit. And it's all us wanting, and we choose to forget who we truly are. We choose to forget that we are beings of light and a part and, and an aspect of God. Yeah, we yeah. choose to forget that to have this experience. Because exactly. in, in truth, when you think about it, if we remembered that we could not have this experience. Yeah. Yes, and that's exactly what you're saying is what they explained to me. They said, if you were so preoccupied or if you, your mind was too attached to what was before, what you think it is, or if you knowing that you're a being of life, just like, like you say, you could not have this experience. Exactly. They always say, why, why to use the old wardrobe when you can use a new one? Mm-hmm when you could just pick a complete new closet and you only keep with you what is essential, what right. is essential for you to remember. But other than that, it's, it's all these new experiences. Yes. That we can be fresh and, and that's the only way to truly connect with the true thinking of the universe when we are experiencing presence. Yes. We actually, we were so full. I love the, the Zen teaching when it's the cup that is full and, and if you keep pouring more liquid, it is going to, to go. There's no more space to put in this cup. So you have yes. to empty it first. Yes. Yes. To, be able to, to put more inside. Exactly. Exactly. And yes, we all, we are all beings of light experiencing these, this experience we call life because it is just an experience, but it's an experience we are creating. So we're all God. It, God wants to experience everything. I like the term all that is. All that is, God's source, all that is, wants to experience everything. And, it, and God's source, all that is, is experiencing everything through us. So and it's... We are the feedback. Yes. 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 
yes. So, so what comes was really, really amazing, Carl, and because then, then I said also put the example that when I was giving this choice, said like I for the first 19 years of my life I had been in a room that had the light on. Yes. So I could walk around without tripping with the furniture. Right. But what happened when we are in the dark, when we choose the path of suffering or you know, the path of not, not knowing, the path of when we're not awakened yet, we're in a room with the light off. Yes. And that's what happened for the next 20 years of my life. Okay. I started to trip with all the furniture that was in the room. Yes. And I had 20 years of a lot of sufferings. I write that in my book. But every suffering had a message. Every suffering had a teaching. Yes. And of course, while I was in these sufferings, I could not realize that. It was just more of, oh, why me? Why me? Why me? This is so hard. Life is terrible. And then when those 20 years passed without me realizing that it's been actually 20 years, I fell into the deepest depression of my life. Okay. And it's when I was forced to pretty much break that, that shell. And, and it's what we call the dark night of the soul. Yes. Mm -hmm. I went back to claim the light. Okay. So I, I need to go back to the light. I need to turn on that light again. Yes. And it's when I pray so deeply because at that point in my life, I, during, during those 20 years, I made mistakes. I, whatever it is that you start feeling that you are not worth it. Mm -hmm. Not enough that you're not good. So I even thought I am not worth it of the beings of light anymore. Mm -hmm. And incredibly, when that light turned on, which I had a, a big, big, big awakening. It's what I call my big awakening. Okay. And when I ask, and, and I just, with, with so much, I would say I prayed so deeply. And it's when, when incredibly, the, the answer came in a very simple way, go to me, the psychologist. Mm -hmm. And I was guided to the right person. And I, I started to talk to this person. And incredibly, when I asked him, I wrote all my sufferings in a list. And when I asked him, why me? The answer was, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and he started to say, thanks to this, because I've been seeing this guy for one year and he's been listening. That's what we also need in life to be listened and to oh, yes. listen to others. Yes. Very true. Yes. And it was the moment when I knew he's been listening because he said, look, Ingrid, thanks to this, this happened. And thanks to this, this, and your life, thanks that you did this. And I'm like, wow. And it's when I made all these connections in my mind. And it's when I started to realize that everything that had happened in my life had a purpose. Of course. And right after this awakening, I was driving my car. Okay. Or, or, or after this moment of realization, I was driving my car and it's when I had an experience similar like I had in the bus. Okay. And I was in my car and it's when I fell, Caroline, that what we call God mm -hmm. or source or totality was absolutely everything. Yes. There was nothing that was not it. Like the wheel in the car, the windshield, the, the surrounding, every pore of my being, everything was it. 
Yes, exactly. Very true. Yes. And it's when I knew 20 years had passed because the two questions I had asked were answered. Yes. And the questions, if you remember, were when did we stop being one with the whole and how is it possible to forget? Right. And the answer was one never stopped being one. Exactly. One never left the source. Exactly. One just became distracted and seemingly forgot. Yes. Yes. But we also choose to forget so we can have this. We can't have this experience yes. if we don't go through that forgetfulness. Yes. Yes. So That's we choose. Seemingly because it's our choice. Right. Right. But we're always one. Like I said, we're always right here and now. We're always home. We're always in heaven is here and now. Always. Yes. Yes. Always. <laughs> yes. That's when people also ask me, like nowadays, what, how do you do to summon the beings of light or how they summon you? They say, there's none of that. Right. The light is here for all of us, always. always. It's exactly. in our hands to choose to elevate our vibrational frequency and connect. Exactly. We are like radios. I say, people, you choose the music you want to listen. Yes. But all the waves are here and now. Yes. Yes. So true. Yes. It's all about vibration. Everything is vibration. And for me, it was science that awoke in me. When I studied, when I watched the film, What the Bleep, and that's when I first learned about quantum physics and how everything is energy. Everything is vibrating at a certain frequency and the lower vibration is denser. The higher vibration is lighter. And, and, you want, you can choose your vibration. You can choose your frequency. And it's all about raising your frequency to see. When you raise your frequency, you can see the light. Yes, yes. And, and just like you, you know, I, I became a scientist. And, and I, my career. Well, I'm not a, well, I have to correct you. I'm not a scientist. But it was science. It's my layman's understanding of science. Yes, that awoken me. Yeah. You know, so it's not from a not from the scientific. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a, a regular person. Um, but I understand quantum physics. I understand yeah, yeah. it from the layman's term. Yeah. No, but I was telling you that I I became a scientist. You you are a scientist. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And and for me it was like when you mentioned the microscope. For me that was incredibly beautiful too because. I, in one of my experiences, I, I had an experience, I was in, a, in an island in, in doing my work as a scientist. And I remember sitting because my life had been of contemplation, meditation. That's why when people trying to make the, the difference between science and spirituality, I said, there's no difference. It's there is no difference. Accept, be spiritual or not, no matter what you do. Yeah, exactly. Spirituality, yeah. I say, is not a doing, it's a state of being. Exactly. <laughs> Be that light and use spiritual, whatever you are. Then yes. I was sitting in this island and I was feeling like I was just, I was feeling low, like low energy, low, low. And I remember doing this meditation and then opening my eyes and sensing that I could see everything in all directions, sense <laughs> everything, hear everything. And that at that moment, I felt that I was the center of the world. I guess it, it, it was just the sense that, wow. But then 
is when I had the memory of a uh, uh, Buddhist uh, a Zen teaching that okay. said, when you are too much, remember that you're but a speckle of dust mm -hmm. in the universe. But when you feel that you are nothing, remember that you are as whole as the universe. Then at that moment, I remember something incredible, incredibly, because I remember looking in the microscope, seeing a whole, like, uh, I was looking phytoplankton, mm -hmm. and seeing how in a drop of water, there was thousands of cells. So at that moment, I had that realization, wow, yes, in the eyes of the universe, I am by a speckle of dust. But in the eyes of a microorganism, I am the universe. Well, it, I actually, I love Rumi's quote. You're not a drop of water in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. A drop? Everything is holographic, meaning every single cells, we have trillions and trillions of cells in our body. And every tiny cell in my body, there's all of me. Like yes. if someone knows how to clone, they can take a tiny cell from my body and clone another me. Because all of me is in the, so each of us are tiny cells of all that is. Yes. But we're not a piece of all that is. We are all of God. We are all of God in a drop. So it's so when we think of ourselves as tiny and nothing we're thinking of god as tiny and nothing because we are all of god yes yes so that, yes yes that's, that's beautiful yes yes so now what kind of you said you became a scientist what kind of scientist did you become this is another incredible thing because talking about the water i became first a marine biologist okay awesome then after that, I got a, a master's PhD in marine sciences with emphasis okay. in oceanography. Awesome. Very so, good. Yeah, I became an ocean. So again, it was water. For me, it's like I, I put the, the parallel of that in, in doing my near-death experience. Drowning brought me to see the depthness. Yes. So I chose a career that was with the ocean where I could, I could go deep. Yes. I also yes. became a, a diver, a scuba diver, and, and wow. was just going to all these incredible places, diving in caves, in wrecks, deep diving, diving, and I was diving at night, doing wow. all kinds of things. We became an explorer, and, and just also worked with a lot of projects. In all the, the projects I was working, I was always creating consciousness, mm. finding people, Caroline. We are not separated from nature. We are nature. Yes. yes. We are the whole of it. So, so why do we mistreat anything or destroy anything? Why do we work together? And, and I work with some projects with the communities where it was a huge project about mangrove ecosystems. Mm -hmm. And working with people, my teaching was, it's not about prohibiting anything. Right. Because from that, you don't get anything. You only get people to be angry. It's about teaching people to use what we have in a sustainable way. It's like how we integrate nature and human and realize we are one. And if we work together, the resource will be always available. And we will be available there, there for the resource too. So it's 
so we taught people to plant, to grow the mangroves, to, to love the environment. So the project was absolutely amazing. And people were very open to learn and to do all this because it was not, again, a pro prohibiting, but like yes. people to, to, to work and also to work together as a community. Yes, yes, yes. Well, in truth, that, that's the goal with under to inspire people to understand that we are all doesn't matter if you're on the other side of the world we're all connected we're all one and when we start working together as a community even nature has found out i mean science has found out that within nature they like the ants and the they're they're all working together in the community that that it's not a um like Darwinism teaches, it's a doggy dog, it's uh, the, the strongest, the fittest, and it's always this competition. That is not true. Science has found out that that whole scenario about competition within nature is not true. It's cooperation within nature. And that's what thrives. They thrive when it's, it's, a, it's a matter of cooperating and not being in competition. You yes. know, now that we're talking about this, Caroline, you know what was the purpose of my near-death experience? What was that? To bring the message of connection. And you know how you can see it so clearly and how it was shown to me? Remember that when I drowned, I saw my body in the water. Yes. And at that moment, I made the decision not to go back to the body. But that was not the plan of the universe, of course, because I'm here. Right. The plan was you're going to come back. So the reason why I look for the maid and I look for my mom. Yes. There was not the plan that I was going to come back. I would not have met these people. Right. But then it comes the other amazing part is when I said to the beings of light, then why did I go to see my uh, the maid first? Why did I waste time? Meeting well, you probably say the maid was closest. You were, you had drowned, <laughs> and it's like, okay, so even spiritually, the maid is in the house. The maid is closest. So if you could get her attention, she could run to the, the back yeah, and get you out the water. But she was too into her soap opera. So then but, you're like, okay, I can't get her attention. So let me go get my mom. <laughs> yeah, but incredibly, that that is that is of of course the the the, the logic behind that. But the other one was like they say because we wanted to show you contrast. Oh, look at okay. the contrast. Okay. The closest to you, just like you're saying, which should should be the logic of it. Yes. Didn't save me because there was no connection with her. Right. What happened when there's no connection? You don't sense. She couldn't sense. feel me. She couldn't sense anything. She could not hear me. Right. What happened with my mom? Um, Far this away, but unconditional love, complete connection. Yes. So it's when there's not even barrier in time and space. I was in a different realm. Yes. And look what happened. Yes. He yes. was the one that saved my life. So they, they wanted to show that contrast to me. Look what happened when beings are disconnected. Yes. So and there's look, yes. Yeah, we're not listening. We're not helping each other. We're not being there for each other. Exactly. Very true. Very or true. Or I would have never even fallen in the tank in the first place. Yes. Well, everything happens for our highest good and our highest purpose. Exactly. Everything.
and yeah. and what happened when you're connected when there's love when there's care then, then we're working in harmony with each other and it's Very true. i go to what you were saying before we're not here to compete we're here to work together we're here to create together when we work together is when we are actually evolving creating new things like uh, is when pretty much everything seems to to be like flowering yes yes it's when we work together it's when we thrive as a species because if we don't work together we we're, we're not going to survive as a species the human race will not survive if we don't come together and start connecting and working together yes 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 yes, yes, yes. this is so beautiful can you please share with our listeners how they can find you how they can get a copy of your book share all your information now with our listeners yes yes of yes. course thank you yeah i i have a website is uh ingridhonkala.com and i i am also in all the different uh media like facebook mm-hmm. instagram twitter and i also have a youtube channel okay awesome little teachings here and there every time i'm inspired to, to do it yeah, yes do. and your book the name of your book again share the that with name, me. the name of my book is a brightly guided life how a scientist learned to hear her inner wisdom wow beautiful um, and and they can find it in amazon.com okay. amazon.com awesome very good i am so glad and we will see each other next week in person because you will be at the ions conference yes. in king of prussia which is, people say king of prussia was that outside of philadelphia and i was invited by the ions committee to to attend that conference and i only live actually from king of prussia i only live about an hour and 45 minute drive away so i'll i'll get to meet you in person at the ions conference in about 10 less than 10 days about eight days yes 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 that'll be wonderful and i'll get a chance to hug you in person yes (laughs) that would be great i'm excited i'm going to be speaking at the conference yes so that's that's going to be great this is a really I, i love this because it's a great opportunity for people to pretty much share what they've been fearful to share exactly where you're safe to open yes you're not going to be judged or, or you're going to be look weird I, and now is the place where finally you feel like oh, we are all weirdos together <laughs> yes well here's the thing i've i've gotten past the point of people what people think about me i yes. know that i'm gonna share what my heart with the world and my truth with the world. And I always say on my show, this is what resonates as true for me. And in nobody, I'm not preaching, I'm not trying to force anybody to believe what I believe. I'm just sharing my truth with the world. And that's what, what I, I'm gonna keep doing while I'm here, <laughs> while I'm on this side of the veil. Because I know there is no death, there's too much evidence that our loved ones are still here. My son who is in spirit is the co-host of the show. He told me that he's very proud of what I'm doing with the show and whenever, so he's right here, his name is Kyle. And Kyle stands for, cause I, I started a foundation in his honor, the Kyle Foundation and Kyle stands for keep your 
light expanding. K-Y-L-E. I keep love your, that. Keep your yeah. light expanding. And he's right here with us. So this is wonderful. Thank you so much. That's why I said, I know when your mom brought you back, she was like so grateful because I have a child in spirit and I know he's not gone. So if you did, if it was your time, but I also know, I know that no one leaves. No, our, we are beings of light. We, we cho choose exactly the perfect time to come into this experience and we choose the perfect time to leave this experience. So no being, no being of light, being of light as we are, leaves before our time. So yeah. it was his time, it was his perfect time, and it was my time to stay and do this work. And it was your time to stay and do this work. And I know your mom was thankful you stayed. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. we adore yes. each other. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Beautiful, beautiful. So we will see each other very soon in a week. We'll see each other in person. And I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much. Also, I want to let the listeners know um, that the IONS conference will be live streamed. So if anyone can't make it in person, they can go to the IONS uh, conference website and live stream the conference. Yeah, in the comfort of their home. Yes, yes. I really invite, like, just just to to reinforce this is is to everybody to to go because or to I live stream it. Yes. Any anyways, because it is such an opening of the mind. Yes, it, it is. In, in every situation, even if we are going through a time where where someone is sick, where we're feeling um, even questioning ourselves, questioning that, questioning what would happen to others or to us is, is this opens that door to know and to make us feel better. There's more. Yes. And also I must mention, cause we are pre-recording this program will air while the conference is going on that Friday of the conference. So if anybody's listening to this, you could go right to the site and live stream the conference because this will air that Friday evening. Yes. Oh, this is amazing. Yes. I love to know that. Well, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Ingrid. And I can't wait to meet you in person. This has been a wonderful, wonderful time together. Thank you so much for sharing your, your near-death experience in such beautiful detail. That was so beautiful. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank and you for being here and for being the, this light of the world with Kyle. Oh, thank you so much. And I'll see you very soon. So, yes. Bye-bye for now. Like big hug, big hug and kiss.